Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secrets of Marketers podcast, the only podcast you can rely on to give you real, raw, unfiltered marketing advice covering the latest tips, tricks, and tools that millionaire marketers use to make money online. I am your host, Jeremy Blossom. Sit back, relax, and let's start discovering the true secrets of marketers. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Secrets of Marketers podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Blossom. And today I have the honor of having a really good friend of mine and a fellow digital marketer, the owner and founder of Ambitious.com, Mr. Greg Rolette. Welcome to the show, Greg. What's happening, man? I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited that you decided to, uh, to come on. It's, it's an honor to have you here. You are a juggernaut when it comes to all things video and marketing. But for the people who don't know of you yet, can you go into a little bit about who you are, your background, and what your business is? Yeah, so the Cliff Note version is at uh, 16 years old. I joined this program in high school that allowed me to get out of school every day at noon. Um, and when you're in high school, you want you'll do anything to get out of school at noon. Um, and uh, I had to start a business, uh, and I started a record label because I wanted to be like Master P. Um, I saw that he was a dude who no one wanted to give him a record deal, no one wanted to give him a shot, and he did it himself. And he signed himself as his first artist, and then he started signing all his boys, like his brothers, the people down the street, like everybody. And uh, I thought. That was that was really really cool and so I started a record label. I was uh, waiting tables on the weekends, took all the money into a recording studio, created a CD, you know, launched it in high school and sold thousands of copies out of the back of my trunk. And that was kind of the the launch. No way! What was the album called? Uh, so, uh, yeah, so it was, it was me and my buddy, uh, and he, the, the, so here, the irony is that he is now a SWAT team member in South Florida and we were called the burglars <laughs> with two Z's. No. And, um, and, and so like we, we were the poor kids at a really rich school. And so we would, uh, this is really bad. And I shouldn't be saying this on podcasts, but we would take significant things from people's homes, um, which is why they called us the burglars. So like at the big, you know, party with hundreds of people there, like we take the cue ball from their pool table and be like, ah, you guys can't play pool. <laughs> no, we weren't, we weren't crazy or anything like that. But, uh, as we were the burglars and then, uh, got into college and, uh, decided that I, I was much better at recording music and, you know, playing shows and things like that. So, so dropped out after one year of college to kind of do the road warrior thing and, uh, was kind of a touring musician. We were, uh, got a band by that time. So it was no longer the burglars. Um, and, uh, we toured as like a rap rock group, but the, the real story of it is that taught me everything that I needed to know, at least at that time for entrepreneurship, because, we had a product that no one wanted. Like no one wants to put the white wrapper on their stage on a Friday night at their bar. Right? Like, you, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, so we were fighting against everything, and you know, we learned so much about marketing too. How do we position ourselves? How do we get someone to want to put us on? How do we, you know, sell a CD to somebody who just wants to have a couple drinks at the bar? And it made us enough money to get to the next city. Um, and so it was really, really cool learning experience, got out of that and, uh, fell into the world of, of internet marketing. You know, it really made a lot of sense to me. Like everything that we had done on MySpace and Friendster to build our, our following was what people were doing to sell stuff online. And launched my first course 12 years ago now, uh, teaching musicians how to do what I did, uh, taught musicians how to tour, how to sell merch, how to, how to really build a business and email list, all that, all that stuff we take for granted today. And, uh, 
keep fast forwarding now helping people with, you know, video, video advertising, positioning, branding. Uh, what we've really done is taking everything that we learned from the music industry for the past decade. And now we just help do it for business owners. Like how can we make a dentist feel like a rock star? How do we make a financial advisor feel like a rock star? How do we make an author, an expert, a thought leader, uh, a publisher use all these tools that we had at our disposal from, you know, uh, how I look at videos today. It's like music videos 10, 15 years ago. Like how can we create a music video for you? That's going to grab people's attention, get them to watch and and then make them want to go buy the album, which is, you know, go book an appointment with you or buy your newsletter or, or whatever the case is. So we've taken all these lessons from the entertainment industry, brought them into the business world. And um, now we have to do really cool things like shoot movies and documentary series and TV shows and just everyday kind of video ads. And we call them snackable videos um, that are made for social media. And, uh, you know, uh, the party doesn't stop. We, we have a good time doing it. Yeah, you you ha you do have a good time doing it. And the material that you are producing is next level. I love what you said about what you really do, because I was hoping that you would bring this up is that you basically take people and turn them into rock stars. And I think that my audience uh, here on the show, a lot of us uh, have our own personal brands, or we're the face of our uh, bigger business, or we want to launch a product or service. And we we are looking forward to stepping out and in and having that, um, that, that, that presence online. Um, and this is what you do. This is your bread and butter is you would take guys like that and say, all right, let's make you a rock star in your niche. Let's make you the most significant, well-known, trusted, uh, et cetera. And then that obviously the byproduct is that more people trust you, they'll buy from you, you get more exposure, all that stuff. So when you, when someone comes to you and says, Greg, make me a rock star, <laughs> walk me through how you approach that, um, how, what, what kind of questions you ask and what, what is your process that you go through to, to really follow through on helping them become a rock star? Yeah, I know the cool thing is you've had some amazing guests on the show from Joe Schrieffer and one of our, our mentors, our joint mentors, Todd Brown. And they they are so much better at, you know, helping people with some of the fundamentals of marketing, at least in a way of teaching it. So I'm not going to go into like niche marketing per se, but the first questions, there's there's two, two questions I always ask is, who do you want to be known to and what do you want to be known for? And it kind of flips the way you think about like how to niche or who's your market um, is who do you want to be known to? What pocket of people, if they knew who you were, you have a better shot at doing business? Because at the end of the day, if they don't know who you are, they're, they're never going to hire you. It doesn't matter if they're, you're competing against everybody down the street uh, or, or whatever. So who are the people that you want to be known to? And again, uh, I'm going to make an assumption that you know folks listening to the show, they at least have a semblance of who they want to be known to. The second question is the one I'll, I'll spend a little bit of time on is what do you want to be known for? So it's not the products that we sell. It's not the benefits. It's not the features. It's not any of that. But what do we want to be known for in the sense of the benefit that we deliver to our customers? Because, you know, I do this exercise. I just did this for a financial planning group on Monday this week. And, uh, you know, I said, so, so everyone in the audience, what do you want to be known for? And they're like, we want to be known for great customer service, or we want to be known for taking care of our people, or we want to be known for, you know, uh, safety and security. And, you know, I, I rebuttal that. And I asked them the question of, you know, did anybody in this room wake up this morning and hire somebody because they were known for having the best customer support or, you know, being reliable <laughs> or like, no, like if you need to sell your house, you want the guy who's going to sell your house fast. 
right? If you are buying a home, you want it to know that this person deals with first-time home buyers and they know all the issues that that person has. So you want to be known as the first-time home buyer specialist. You want to be known as, you know, uh, the tax specialist, someone that can save people a ton of money on taxes. If you were known, if you were in that niche and you were known as the person who could save people a ton of money on their taxes, if someone had a tax issue, they would hire you. And this kind of goes back to my, my musician story is that musicians, and you could kind of relate to this from the acting world is everyone wants to come into that world and say, I'm unique. I'm different. I don't sound that you've never heard music like mine. Well, that's great because we, yes, we do want to be unique, but at the same time, if you say, you know, we're a jazz fusion funk rock band with a little bit of techno, like everybody goes, I don't know what that is. I literally have no idea what that sounds like. And so they, their brain turns off and they say, well, I don't want that. Like, I don't know what that is. So I don't want that. And so as soon as we change to, well, we sound just like 311 and Lincoln Park. As soon as we made that flip, guess what every bar did? Oh, Lincoln Park's hot right now. We want a band that sounds like Lincoln Park. And we were able to, to do that. Now we were still unique. We had our own unique songs. We had our own unique processes. As Todd talks about the unique mechanism, but we as business owners try so hard to put ourselves into this niche where we are like nothing else. But the problem is when you are completely like nothing else, no one knows how to hire you. Um, and, and this specifically, I, I deal with a lot of like personality driven businesses. So authors, experts, service-based professionals. And, you know, if I got into a car accident, I need an injury attorney and I need one right now. I don't need a pseudo funk suede you know, attorney that's into things. Like I need somebody who can, you know, get me some money to pay for my hospital bills. And so when you think about the problem that the market really has, what do you want to be known for? to that market. Now, uh, an exercise that I make people do for this is I also don't believe people are one dimensional. Like you don't have to be known for just one thing. Um, and so I have them get out a sheet of paper. So if you're driving right now, do not do this. Uh, but if you're, if you're at the gym, maybe take a pause from the, from the runner. Uh, if you're like gardening in the backyard, go find a piece of paper, but, um, on a piece of paper, uh, from the, the top of the page to the bottom of the page, draw a line from the left of the page to the right of the page, draw a line. So you got a nice little, little chart with four boxes. And I want you to think about the four things that you want to be known for, the four things that you want to be known for. So that could be helping people generate more customers, helping people to retire 20 years faster. The, the primary promise or benefit of what you do. Again, this isn't, oh, we want to be known for customer support. This isn't, we want to be known for as a real estate agent. What kind of real estate agent? What benefit does someone get from you being a real estate agent? What benefit does someone get from reading your, your newsletter? What benefit does someone get from buying your courses. That's what you want to be known for. And I want you to think of four different things and I'll give everybody a bonus. Um, uh, so, cause I know this is a difficult exercise. So the fourth box that I give to everybody, uh, and this goes for all my clients, the fourth box is hope. We're all selling hope at the end of the day. So it could be hope that uh, if you're selling you know, financial newsletters, hope that someone can actually do this strategy, hope that someone can figure it out, hope that all the other newsletters they bought in the past have let them down, but there's hope that this one will actually be the solution to their problems. Hope that they've tried every marketing strategy and this is the hope that this will actually work. Hope that they've invested millions of dollars in Facebook ads and they now have hope that this was the one thing that was missing from what they had. We all sell hope. If we don't have hope, we don't buy. If I don't hope that whatever I'm purchasing is going to make me a better person, a better man, a better, more money, better sex, better relationship, better fitness. We're not going to buy. So we're all selling hope. Uh, so I gave you one box. You got to fill in the other three. Um, so how we turn that into a content strategy is now that we have these four boxes, uh, these four quadrants, if you, if you will, um, now that we have these four content quadrants, if you will, 
what we want to do is we want to fill them up with as many ideas as possible. And this is something uh, I learned from James Altucher. Um, you know, we were we were filming a documentary at his home, and you know, he has this whole idea of you know every day jot down ten ideas, jot down ten ideas every day. Because the problem is most people only have like one idea, and usually that idea kind of sucks, right? <laughs> yeah, it's right. not actually that good. You come up with great ideas. Todd Brown talks about this. You come up with a big idea by having a lot of ideas. So for each of these four quadrants, you want to have as many ideas as you possibly can so that when you want to go shoot a video, you want to record a podcast, you want to write an article, you want to put up a post on Facebook or Instagram or write an email, you have all this whole bank of ideas on each of these topics. So how we teach this to our clients and how we help them to do that is we stockpile ideas for them over the course of the month. Then Jeremy, you go and you say, all right, I'm about to film my next month's worth of content. I go to each of those four boxes. I pick out, you know, depending on how many videos you want to shoot. So if you're shooting for weekly videos, guess what? You only need to pick one idea from each of those boxes, right? And now you have a whole yeah. entire month's worth of content and you have all these ideas to choose from. You know, a, a huge issue, a huge mistake people make is they say, ah, oh, crap. I need to shoot some video because somebody told me I needed to put videos up and they, pull up the video <laughs> camera and they go, oh, crap, what am I going to talk about today? The biggest thing that stops people outside of just being scared of being on camera is not having the ideas, the ideas. Yeah. And, and the cool thing is it doesn't matter which idea you pick because they all relate to the things that you want to be known for. So if you have 10 ideas in, you know, helping people to retire faster, it doesn't matter which of those ideas you pick because they all relate to helping people to retire faster, you know? So that way you're always positioning yourself as that person. So I know I just word vomited a lot, but that is really the, the core strategy that we do with our clients to at least to start the process. And then we can get all fancy with cameras and how we shoot them and where we post them and you know all that stuff. That's, that's golden. I really like that. And that was, a, I, I love, thank you for giving a real uh, thing that someone can actually implement. So we're all about sharing actionable ideas. That was very, very, very good. And I think that, that you did a good job of telling people uh, that they need to one, define their audience and who they're talking to. That actually makes your life easier. And guess what? Your audience can grow. You can add commas. You can have more different types of audiences that you want to reach, but just pick one to start. And then what is your message and how do you create the ideas for your message? How are you going to stay on brand or stay on topic for what you're trying to position yourself as? So somebody does this, Greg, someone goes out, they, they've got a, a content library ready to start doing videos and then they start making their videos. Um, you specifically are choosing videos as the outlet for this. Um, why? Why do you recommend people have videos um, versus writing blog posts or doing other things with this content? What, what's, what does video do that other things can't? Yeah, so we can do a whole podcast episode on this. But, um, <laughs> but video, look, at the end of the day, we are trying to create connections with people. We're trying to get people to believe that we are the solution to their problem. And when they see you on camera, pleading your case, um, you know, and having emotion and caring about what it is that you do and seeing that you are a real human being, it's going to create a connection faster than anything else you can possibly do. It's why, uh, you know, we, we idolize TV stars and movie stars because we really feel like we know them. Like people feel that they know the Kardashians and it's because they yeah. can watch them for, you know, what he can probably run in like a three weeks of content and never repeat an episode. But we feel like we know them because we see them. We see what they look like. We see their emotions. We see the journey that they go on. 
you can't get that same kind of relationship, you know, just reading a bunch of words, right? Because there's no emotion in those words. Now, yes, can we picture the emotion? And of, of course, but we're all not Stephen King, right? Um, sure. The other thing that I really like about video is once people, so there is an inept fear of getting on video and we can talk about ways to overcome that uh, as we go. But, um, you know, it's much easier, I think, for people to talk than it is to sit down and craft something that's well-written, that people actually wanna read. Um, I, I believe wholeheartedly in blogs. I don't believe that blogging's dead. It's a great, great platform. What I believe is that crappy blogs are dead, right? Yeah. Because no, one, no yeah. one wants to read, you know, three steps to whiter teeth. Like no one wants to read that article, right? And, and I yeah. think that's where blogging is really gone is people just, what is the, the lowest common denominator I can do to create a, you know, a blog post because somebody told me I need to, or I need it for SEO or, you know, or we just need to refresh content. Uh, I think that's a bad strategy. So with video, again, if you're doing the strategy that I outlined and you're talking to a, a pocket of people and you're talking about the things that you want to be known for, you should be able to talk about this stuff with your eyes closed. Right. Like you should be able to talk about, you know, uh, uh, something that's really simple for, you know, to come out of your mouth. Like you shouldn't have to script things. You shouldn't have to use teleprompters. You shouldn't have to do all these things. And it allows you to crank out content fast, really, really fast. I don't know about you. I also consider myself a writer, a copywriter. I know you write copy, but it is way harder to write, you know, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand words than it is to shoot a three minute video. Right. hundred no, percent. Yeah. Difficult. So that's on that side. The other side is that the platforms are favoring it. You know, uh, Facebook right now, they're favoring video in the algorithm. Uh, we yeah. were just, uh, you know, kind of at a mastermind meeting and there is more inventory available for video ads on Facebook than there are for image-based ads because there's just more inventory available. Um, there's obviously you have things like YouTube where, uh, you know, there's just billions of minutes of videos being watched every single day. Instagram favoring video in their feed. Uh, Instagram stories is almost 100% video minus like people sharing screenshots and stuff. So if it, it's it's feeding these media platforms what they want, so you get the result that you want as a business owner. If Facebook tomorrow said, we hate video, we want podcasts, guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna start putting out a bunch more podcasts. And I love podcasting, I have one as well, um, but it's what the platforms want. And that is where the consumers are as well. I saw this happen firsthand. There was a hurricane that hit uh, South Florida last year. And uh, we lost power for a week. My dad lost power for two weeks. He had uh, a leak in his house. His house was flooding, right? So he couldn't go in his bedroom. He couldn't go in his bathroom. Uh, he had no power. And I call him and do you know what? Want to know where he's at? Hmm. He's at the AT&T store so he can get back on Facebook because that's where he watches videos. <laughs> no power. His house is flooding. And so as oh, soon as funny. I... As soon as I got like, so, so my dad's 60 years old, he's about to retire. He, as soon as he is doing that as his main means of communication, it's hit mainstream, right? Yeah, and yeah. that's where he's watching this content. So, you know, a lot of reasons for video, but A, I think it's the fastest, quickest way for you to create a relationship and bust out content. And B, we're feeding the platforms what they want. I love that. That's so true. I think that people overestimate or underestimate the, uh, the power of that emotional connection. And truly, that's what if you really, you know, to any hero that you have in your mind, if you could in, in, in imagine um, a person that inspires you, someone that, you know, you want to be like someone that you uh, uh, have this like kind of this awe with and everyone has somebody that they can think of. And it could be a fictional character. It could be a TV character. It could be uh, someone they read in a comic books. It could be their dad. 
But at the end of the day, where all that's really coming from, it's an emotion that's being, that I'm evoking when I'm having you think about your hero and think about your person that you really, really look up to or want to be like. It's an emotional response. And so I, I, I love that. And, and I do think that video is um, bar none, the one of the best ways because we can use more of our senses, right? You can look and see someone's facial expressions. You can hear their voice. You can see their body language um, versus just a written paper. Now there's some very, very effective copywriting tactics and there's ways, and if that's your bread and butter, or that's what you're really, really good at, then go that direction because you'll be wildly successful. Uh, and, and, and just getting that emotional connection can come easier for you maybe through written text, right? But from a video standpoint, uh, and that rock star becoming that rock star, it's all down to you, right? What do you look like? You are the brand. Um, okay, so that's great. So video, that's a great answer to why you do video. And so now someone's, someone's, you got me convinced. I'm going to do video. Um, I've got my, 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 my topics. I know who I'm going to go after. I start making these particular videos. What do you recommend from like a frequency standpoint? What do you recommend from like a promotion standpoint? And then where is all of this going? How do I make money from becoming a rock star or the guru or the guy in my space with the, you know, being the, 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 the know-it-all or whatever I'm trying to position myself in. Where, where do I go from there? Yep. So I'm going to start and end with the last question, which is when you do this right, great using video to create that connection, to build your personality as the rock star makes your copy that much more effective because yeah. they already have that emotional connection. I mean, how many times have you done it? where you have a relationship with somebody, let's call it an author, an expert, a thought leader, a guru, and they sent you an email and a new product they were launching. And you didn't, you didn't watch the webinar, you didn't read the sales letter, you just went to the bottom of the page and you hit buy. Well, you did that because you have a connect, like there's, a, there's two or three like marketers that I have that I don't care what, what they're promoting, how much it is, like I'm just gonna buy it because I have that level of relationship with them. Um, there's reasons why guys like Dave Ramsey have, you know, uh, you know, half a billion dollar operation. And if you read his copy, the, the copywriters that listen to this podcast and that are in your world would laugh at his copy, but he sells more than us because his listeners don't need to read an 18 page sales letter. They just say, Dave's like, I got a new book, go buy it. Literally, yeah. that's it, right? And yeah, so it's right. selling, no, it doesn't replace the fact that you do need to sell. I think if Dave had a long form sales letter and he had bump offers and upsells and all the things that we do, he would probably have a billion dollar business. But the fact is when you do this right, it makes, it makes selling a little bit easier. Selling is never easy. It never is. Never underestimate how difficult it is, but it makes it a little bit easier. All right, so now we're gonna go and create these. So um, on the front end, this is what we love right now is getting people to know who we are through what we call snackable videos. Snackable videos, uh, what we consider them is like the highlight reel for who you are and what you do, the highlight reel for your personal brand. And so um, I liken this to like ESPN and SportsCenter. You don't have to watch the entire game to know that Zion Williamson is the next like big thing in basketball. You know, you don't have to watch, you might do, you might, cause you like golf, like watch an entire four to six hours of golf on a Saturday to know that, you know, Tiger won or Phil won or whoever won. You just go to sports center and you see the highlights. Now, when people start seeing the highlights, now they see Zion dunk. Well, maybe now they'll go, you know, buy his Jersey. Maybe now they'll go buy his shoes. Maybe now they'll go get tickets to a game. Maybe they'll get season tickets. Maybe they'll, so you start ascending up over time. 
but you it's that highlight that created the legend of Zion. And so that's what we want to do. We want to replicate that through video. So we want to post as many highlight reel clips as we possibly can to get people to know who we are. And then we can start moving them up the chain. So Snackable videos for our purpose in the personality-driven world are 45-second to three-minute videos that we are going to put on social media, um, and then we are going to advertise those videos on social media so we can get more people to see them. Um, so uh, 99% of the time, they are direct-to-camera videos. So it's you, it's your face, you're talking to the camera. Um, yes, you, it's got to be you, right? Like Kim Kardashian doesn't right. you know, pull up her Instagram feed and you know, do, do you know, a B-roll video or stock footage videos, it's them direct to camera. Um, and you just talk and, you know, again, you're pulling those ideas from the four content quadrants. And now we're posting them on uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram um, are kind of the five hubs that I have right now. Some of them might be irrelevant to you. Like for me personally, I don't know how to log into LinkedIn. I don't use Twitter. So guess what? Then just don't use them right? There's enough traffic on Instagram, Facebook, and, and YouTube. You know, I have financial advisors that I work with who only use Facebook and LinkedIn. I'm like, great, then just use those. Um, but I would say at a minimum right now, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube for everybody. If you're in a B2B space, if, you're, if your customers are business-oriented, LinkedIn is great, and they're favoring video right now. They just made a, another billion-dollar acquisition for a live streaming platform. Like, they are favoring video. So if your audience is there, as of the recording of this podcast, like it's almost like free traffic. Whereas Facebook, Instagram, you know, you're, we're starting to see the decrease in them showing stuff to your fans. So we're posting them in those in those places. As far as frequency goes, my recommendation always is to start with weekly. Now I know you're like, but Gary Vee posts 18 times a day, and Grant Cardone posts, yeah, but they also have a huge team and they can produce content like endless. Yeah. We have businesses to run, right? I got clients to talk to, I got things to do, like. When people try to do daily videos, I don't care who you are, time and time again, you'll quit after nine days. You quit after two weeks, yep. three weeks, because then you go on vacation and you forget to do it, or you slip up one day, or a meeting comes up. If you can commit at least initially to weekly, every Monday we're going to put out a new video, that will get you serious momentum. That will get you confident. That will get you comfortable. And then guess what? If you're like, cool, I got this weekly thing down, well, then go to two times a week, go to three times a week, go work your way up in a perfect world. Yes, you are sharing videos every single day, but that's unrealistic, both from a time commitment, a resources commitment and a financial commitment for most people. Um, they just don't have the means to hire the videographers, the editors, the posters, the, all of that, uh, for video. The other thing that I want you to do. So that, that's the first side. The second side is we're going to advertise these videos because even if you post this to your Facebook page, that has like a thousand fans on it. Facebook's only going to show it to like 30 of them. And then yeah. basically, like I did all this video work and nothing happened. Well, there's an amazing opportunity, I believe right now for anyone, regardless of what industry you're in, to promote those videos and get them seen for pennies. Um, so right now we see anywhere from half a penny to two cents to get a video watched on Facebook. Hmm. So then you just back end into math. How many people do we want to watch our videos? Do we want thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions? Um, and then the second piece of that is Facebook will tell you how long people are watching. 25% of your video, 50% of your video, 75% of your video. And now you're building an audience right on Facebook where they never had to leave. So if you paid Facebook a couple dollars and you got 10,000 people to watch your video, they'll say that, all right, Jeremy, you know, 5,000 of those people watched half of the video. It was a two minute video. They stopped and watched you for an entire minute. Like that's pretty darn good. 
Um, I was uh, talking to somebody who's got a, a Facebook rep and they were saying that the average person scrolls the length of the Statue of Liberty every single day. The freaking yeah. Statue of Liberty. So if you are, you're, you're targeting somebody and they're scrolling the length of the Statue of Liberty and they stop and watch you for a minute, that's a pretty good prospect, right? That's like a pretty good candidate because you got them to stop their Statue of Liberty scroll to pay attention to you. Uh, and what we can do now is now we're building an audience that we can advertise to, that we can send a direct offer to, to go get your free book, to go get your newsletter, to go sign up for your webinar, to go book a call with you, your consultative process, whatever that is. Now we have a warm audience and that's going to drive your click cost down. It's going to drive your conversions up because now these people, they know who you are. It gets better when now this same person has watched 50% of three videos, five videos, 10 videos, 20 videos. Now you have an engaged list of super fans. Um, and it's my favorite thing on the planet. When I get on the phone with somebody, uh, a sales call, and they're like, Greg, I've watched 20 of your videos, 30 of your videos for like, I just have to not screw it up at that point. I don't have to be yeah. the world's best NLP ninja closer because I'm not. Um, you know, I let the videos do all the pre-selling for me. And so I, I know I just went through a lot, but that would be how I go from the snackable videos, weekly distribution, advertising them, retargeting them to generate business and ROI. Uh, hopefully that makes somewhat semblance. Of <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think this audience is eating this up because you just, you just dropped some bombs. I think that the big thing that I've taken away from some of the things that you have just mentioned is that um, I like a couple of things. One is you got to start somewhere. So be realistic with your time, energy, and you know, you're not going to be Gary Vee tomorrow, right? So don't, don't like position yourself for that. I have seen my friends try, I've seen them go and do it every single day and they burn out, you know, with a week is generous, you know, um, from what I've seen <laughs> as far as how often they're able to do it. And then uh, frankly, like it, it be, because they're trying to do the frequency so much, they haven't gotten their content down really well. The material starts to really show some weakness uh, very, very quickly. And I think that's really important. Um, a lot of people ask me too, Jeremy, how long should something be? How many emails should I say? All this stuff. As much as it takes to sell, not, uh, not, not a minute longer or a minute less, you know, not, not, a, not one more video or one less video. What is it that you need to sell? And that comes down to what you have to say. So uh, my podcast is a weekly podcast. I've got a lot to say, but I really want to make sure that the guests that I have on, the people that we're, that we're talking to, the ideas and concepts that we're going over are really, really impactful, uh, penetrating, actionable stuff. If I did this every single day, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be talking about what yeah. color font you should use on your, on your email. And, you know, like, I mean, you're going to yeah. get into the weeds really fast. Right. And so I don't want to do that. I want to drive that content. So I, I like that. I like that part of it, of what you said about, you know, um, just start off slow, get into a rhythm. And I've, I've seen it personally since I've launched the podcast, just the fact that there's been some consistency there every Wednesday, this, this show comes out, um, the feedback, the, um, the amount of, uh, inbound leads that I'm getting off of this has been, has been great for, for our business over here at StrikePoint because people are wanting to implement the things that they're hearing. And I've had our guests reach out to me and say, Hey, that was great. I've got a lot of people who have reached out to me. Thank you so much for, you know, so it, it does, you're right. It, it's, it's kind of crazy how fast you can build that momentum just starting from somewhere. Um, and then I also like the fact that these snackable things, keeping these things super short, 
and your ability to go and push on Facebook. Um, just because I know that I'm going to get questions regarding this, you're saying that you can get views for pennies on the dollar. Do you want to go into just a little bit of yeah. the tactical Facebook buying method to do that? Because I know people are going to, are, that piqued my interest when you said it. I'm sure everybody else who's listening is like, yeah, how did he do that? What is he doing to get to do that on Facebook? Totally. So I'll go into the kind of the as tactical I can without any screenshots or screen sharing or anything like that. But yeah, sure. So the first thing we do, so I'm going to go on on a, on a content plan where we are posting brand new snackable videos every single Monday. Let's just use that. So Monday, we are going to go to our Facebook business page and we are going to post our snackable video. Again, a 45 second to two to three minute video uh, on Facebook, two things with the videos. A, right now, again, this all is subject to change, but as of the date that we're recording this, square format, 1080 by 1080, big headline on top. The headline's sole purpose is to stop the scroll. It's not to advertise what's in the video. It's to get someone, remember, they're scrolling this length of the Statue of Liberty, stop the scroll. Intrigue, curiosity, cliffhanger, um, big, big idea headline. And then captions, 85 to 90% of videos played on Facebook are played with no sound. If you are putting videos on Facebook with no captions, you're better off not putting that video up on Facebook. <laughs> um, so, so we're taking that video that's got the big headline, that's got our snackable video and, and the captions. We're posting that onto our Facebook business page. Um, we are usually putting a call to action within the post description itself. So, um, you know, uh, hey, you want some, want some, uh, here's three really cool tips to help you sell better. If you want more tips to help you sell better, go to davedsalesmagic.com to get a free copy of our book, right? So that's in the description of the actual video itself. So we post on our page. Then we go over to Facebook Business Manager and we are going to run an engagement campaign. Um, so post engagements is the objective that we are looking for on this. So really clear, there's two types of campaigns, right? There's these type of engagement campaigns where we're building audience. We know that we are spending money to build audience. Now, will someone trip and stumble and buy that free book? Of course. And, and that's like, that's gravy on top. What we're really doing is we are spending money to build audience. So we're, we're doing an engagement campaign. Um, and instead of adding new creative, like most people, when they go into Facebook ad manager, they're here's 10 images and 10 headlines to test. Like you're, we're not doing any of that. All we're doing is we're choosing the post that we already put up on Facebook. We're going to run an engagement campaign to it. Uh, we're going to put a button on it and we're going to put the button to the link to whatever we want. Cause again, if we can get people to watch the video and then they want to go buy our book or sign up for our webinar or do whatever it is, we want to take that action. So we're going to run that. Um, if you've never done this before, uh, if you want to just test, um, you know, 10 to $20 a day is a fine budget to just get started testing. And again, if we're looking at two cents, let's just call it two cents a view for sake of this. Um, that view is a three second view. So that's what Facebook considers a view is three seconds. Now, for ego and for you know social credibility and proof and all that, that number is going to balloon really quickly at two at two cents a view. Right. What we're really looking at now are how how much does it cost to get somebody to watch twenty five percent of the video, fifty percent of the video, or the entire video? Uh, and if you give me like eight seconds while I'm talking, I'm going to pull up some real stats so I can show you like real numbers. Uh, that yeah, please. See. Uh, but even still, the numbers are very, very good because now once someone's watched 25% or 50% of a video, that is a really, really good person to retarget. That's a really good person to uh, send an ad to. Um, so I'm, I'm literally pulling this up in real time. So you gotta give me a second. So that's the numbers that we're really looking for. So the number at two cents is your three second view. Someone who has watched a video for three seconds. Um, 
paying, uh, I think this, the example that I'm about to pull up is about eight cents to get somebody to watch at 25%. Now, there's obviously a ton of variables here. If you suck on camera and you're like, um, <laughs> the best thing that, um, you know, like your cost is gonna be a little higher and your conversions aren't gonna be as good. There is a variable here um, of, are you actually good on camera? Does the video look nice? If there's no lighting and no one can even see you and you look like you're in your mom's basement, like you're not gonna get as many views as if, you know. So uh, eight cents uh, to get 25% of people or 25% of the video watched by someone um come on come on come on sorry so no you're good as no, I, I, yeah i i so i think that i'll touch on something as you're pulling this up yeah. uh, just because we've got uh people who've listened to every single episode and people are starting to notice trends with with marketers you know like yourself you see i just want everyone to notice something that he is looking for the numbers he is trying to back out the view times to 25% and he's saying, how much is that going to cost me? And so everything that we're doing at the end of the day needs to be quantified in some way to allow, to allow us to make a decision to spend more, spend less. I suck on video. I don't suck on video. People like this. They don't like this. If we aren't looking at the metrics, the KPIs, yeah. how much something's costing and backing that out, then we really are just, just hoping and praying for something to work. And that's nine. And, and honestly, that, that's one part of it. But here's the real rub. This is the real problem is that there's no difference between a bad marketer and a good marketer, except for this one little trick. It's that the good marketers learning from the bad mistakes that they made when they first started. No one's born a good marketer, a genius marketer. We all have ideas that are terrible, but we, what the difference is, is that I know my idea is terrible. If you're not tracking it, you don't know how bad your idea really is or how yeah. bad that video really, really is. And so you just keep on doing it. And that's the only difference between someone who's a savvy, good, profitable marketer and someone who's not. So, um, that's that's something I think everybody should take away from from you and, and what you're about to get into as far as these stats go. Yep. So um, this 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 campaign. So we spent eleven hundred dollars testing this. So not a ton of money, but for eleven hundred dollars, this is what's really cool about it is for eleven hundred bucks, uh, we've got nine thousand four hundred people to watch twenty five percent of a video. So we now have an audience of ninety four hundred people that we can retarget and send our ads to, um, which cost us twelve cents to get somebody into that audience. So our wow. it cost us basically 12 cents to get that person moved into a bucket um, that watched 25%. We got 5,700 people that watched 50% of the video. So for 20 cents, we're getting somebody to watch half of a video. Now, mind you, this is a two minute video. So we're paying Facebook 20 cents to get someone to watch a minute of a video. Really, really cool. Um, 3,000 people have watched 95% of the video. So we're paying 37 cents to get someone to watch an entire two minute video wow. Think about that from like TV, right? Like how much you're spending. I know you do a lot of radio ads for your clients and stuff like that. Like how much are you, are you, can you, how many times would your client spend 37 cents to get someone to consume an entire two minute ad on radio? Like, Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, that's not even, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not, not even a real number. Like you can't yeah, even think right. about that. Um, but then the second part of it is now how many of your clients would love to pay 37 cents to get someone to watch to listen to a two minute radio commercial and then immediately 10 seconds later, get a retargeting ad that says, Hey Jeremy, thanks for listening to our ad. You know, we've got another, and then follow them around. Like with radio, you can't do that with TV. You can't do that with all these other medias that are great and visual and audio. 
that's the power of this is now someone just want, like imagine if Burger King was running these Super Bowl commercials for this new Baconator and your mouth was salivating and you're like, oh my God, I want one of these Baconators. And then 10 seconds later, they got a text message that says, hey, two for one Baconators, go get one. Like Burger King would pay unlimited dollars for that technology. That's what we have right now on Facebook when it comes to video marketing. That's that's the opportunity that's there. So anyway, that's a uh, Hopefully that, that that's helpful. Um, one more thing that you said about like mistakes and things like that. The reason why we put out video every week instead of just shooting four videos and seeing which one works the best is I'm a baseball player. You know, Mike Trout just got half a billion dollars to get out seven out of 10 times that he comes to the plate, right? He's yeah. going to get a hit three out of 10 times. But out of those three hits, are they all home runs? No, some are bunts, some are duck farts, some are double, some are triple, some are going to be home runs. And so what we want to do is every week, I want another at bat. I want another at bat because this week's video might suck. Next week's video might be a single. Next week's video might be a home run. The next week's video might be a double. And by having all of these at bats, we're giving ourselves another shot to win. You can't win if you don't have the at bat. And so many people, when they go into video, they're like, all right, we're going to spend a ton of money, get the video crew, and we're going to film the office. We're going to get the dope drone shot of our our office building. And we're going to tell everyone about our values and like big waste of money. Talk to your audience about what you want to be known for and how you can help them and put out as many videos as you can. Test them using this methodology and the audience, the market will decide if they give a crap about what you have to say genius 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 and you're inspiring me to go and start making more videos for myself <laughs> so i think that i've i think i've i think i've I, I, to summarize this this is going to be a a, a big you got uh, a big task ahead of you yeah i do i've got a big task here so i'm going to try to take a big bite out of this but so the topic that we've kind of landed on in today's episode has been how to become a rock star using video, right? And we went into first, you got to define who your audience is, and you got to define what you want to say that's going to amplify that audience. Then we started to say making videos and the types of videos, and what you can do with these videos, and then how that will ultimately lead into uh, more sales for you. I'd like to summarize it by saying it like this there are three steps to becoming a rock star. Step number one is start producing content that um, can connect with your target audience on an emotional level. Part two, strengthen that emotional connection by being consistent with your messaging and with what you're trying to say over a period of time. And then lastly, leverage your best, strongest connections, the ones watching 95% of your videos, the ones that keep watching more of your videos, ones that are subscribing to your channel, the ones that are, are uh, coming on your email list and coming to your website. Take the, the ones, the, the relationships that you've strengthened, the connections that you've strengthened, and leverage that audience to grow your empire. And that is the one, two, three formula. Very simplified uh, on Let's how you that. rock stars. Is that good? Yeah? That was good, man. All right. That's exactly right. I think that you, you know, what you do, Greg, is fascinating. Um, the people that you've worked with is a testament to how good you are at this. How do you get inspired? I mean, how do you stay inspired? How do you get inspired as a marketer, as an entrepreneur, and as a business owner? I, I ask everybody this question. And I'd love to hear your answer. Yeah, I'm, as with most of us, I'm just, I'm a, a, I'm a student and I'm a fan of the game of marketing. So I am on everyone's list. I buy every like direct mail newsletter thing that I can get because I get inspired when I read a piece and I go, dang it, I should have done that. 
I should have wrote that. I should have built that. And, you know, when I see that and being around guys like you being in our mastermind groups and things like that, like seeing what everyone else in the room is doing, it's not competitive. I don't get jealous. There's no envy. There's no, it's, it's inspiring to say that, dude, if that dude can do it, I got to be able to build something like this too. And that I can do it as well. So man, it's being a student of the game. It's reading, reading a book for the one line that you needed to read that book for, for the one yeah. paragraph that you needed to read the book for. It's like a lot of us aren't, I'm not looking for a new business model. You're not looking for a new business model. I need that one spark of, of information, of insight, of things that I can do to leverage what I'm doing. And again, that excites me because I'm nowhere near where I want to be in business. I'm nowhere near the, the potential that I have to do even more and help even more people and deliver even better results and give me a better life for my family. And so just knowing that there's always the next thing that's going to get me inspired is really, really cool. And being in the video world, the tech world, you know, like there's always something new, right? It's, yeah. I think I got it figured out. Like, you know, if someone listens to this podcast a year from now, they're going to laugh at some of these strategies because they're going to be dated. Right. And I think that's, what's cool about it is that it's always improving. It's always getting better. It's always maybe not getting better, but <laughs> maybe, but, uh, but I think that's what really lights me up is being a lifelong student and knowing that as soon as I got it figured out, I know that I'm doing something wrong and I need to get my head back, back in the dirt. Oh, great answer. I love it. I get inspired very similarly um, by just by being a student. I like what you said there. Um, Mr. Greg Roulette, everybody, how do, how, do, how do people get in contact with you? How can they work with you? I know that you've got some amazing services for all different types of businesses um, at different levels. How can someone ask you more questions about what you just said? How can they work with you? How can they hire you? How do they get in touch? Yeah, man. So we have a, a really cool tool. It's our ambitious video planner. If you want to learn how to outline these videos and, and also have an entire year's worth of ideas produced, um, you can grab a copy at ambitiousvideoplanner.com. Um, and obviously all my contact information will be there, but uh, greg at ambitious.com. That's my email. You're welcome to email me, say hello. Um, you know, uh, drop uh, on Instagram, let Jeremy know that you listened to this episode and, you know, I'll reply on the Instagrams. I'm just at Greg Roulette there. Um, but yeah, man, just, just reach out. I'd love to talk to anybody who's a listener of your show. I know that they're, uh, they're at the upper echelon of this marketing world. If they're listening to what you got going on. So any friend of yours is a friend of mine. You're the man, Greg. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for your wisdom. Um, I know that I've learned a lot today and, uh, let's have you back on again soon, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks buddy. Take care. Yep. Bye. There you go. That concludes another episode of the Secrets of Marketers podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're looking for even more content, more ideas, more things that you can do today to help grow your business, then head on over to my Instagram page at Secrets of Marketers. I've got a bunch of content on there and we are giving you guys access to all the behind the scenes stuff that go into making these episodes happen, as well as even more content that you can start to apply to your business today. And if you guys like this show, then help me spread the word. Go to the podcast page on iTunes and leave me a review. It's how I can rank well and how other people can find me. So go for it. Thanks for making my dreams come true. Now go make yours come true. Thanks again.